In this episode of the New How Podcast, we sit down with Sean Mooney of Mooney Insurance Brokers. Sean talks about how he first got into insurance and how he joined a large insurance company, ended up leaving that company and started up his own shop. Um, he also then talks about how he used social media to grow his business and leveraged all these different platforms in which these mega jumbo insurance companies were not using to uh, keep customers and to provide a higher level of customer service through these new technologies. Um, we also discuss how technology and social media has helped expand not only his business and our businesses um, nationwide. So that's something that's going to be a lot of fun here. Um, you know, honestly, we never thought insurance could be this much fun. So uh, this is literally a must-listen-to episode, and I know you're going to get a ton of value out of it. So sit back. Here we go. This is the new How Podcast. learning to build businesses and real estate in a new age of technology. All right, so on tonight's podcast, we have Sean Mooney of Mooney Insurance Broker. Sean, give us the intro. What's, what's going on? Uh, what's going on? Um, a lot changing in the industry of what we're seeing on a day-to-day basis um, and really what we're trying to do uh, at our brokerage is really just to uh, to keep up, keep up with the trends, keep up with our clients, what their needs are, and kind of stay ahead of it yep. in terms of ahead of that curve and ahead mm-hmm. of that change so that when this tidal wave shift yep. kind of unfolds, we're kind of in front of it. Great. Well, let's break it down. How long have you been in insurance? So I started out of college back in 2003. All right working for a small retail uh, state farm agency up in Conshohocken. So I was living in East Falls, uh, trucking up to Conshohocken every day. And- um, Sounds fun. Yes, yeah. <laughs> a little yeah. traffic on the way there. You know, it's, it's, everyone has their first job and that's yep. how I kind of cut my teeth in terms mm-hmm. of learning the business. You know, I did some service, I did some sales. It was kind of a hybrid, got me, you know, thrust into it. Mm-hmm. So. How long were you there for your first gig? Two years. Okay. Yeah. What happened? Um, a, a better offer came along, so I jumped on it, um, and it was more of a sales position. Cool. So it kind of got me out of the day-to-day service load yep. and really kind of um, allowed me to kind of build out um, more of a sales platform for, you know. Kind so of you've been up. doing that since 05. Yeah. Okay. So then, so talk to me, cause everyone, you know, listens here, likes to know like how you guys started. Like, so talk about like the jump now, like you're working, you worked yeah. at State Farm. Yep. You took a better offer, right? Brought yep. a little more money. Talk, talk to me, like, get me to like Mooney Insurance Brothers. Yeah. So, um, that was the easy transition going from one to the next. Mm-hmm. It was State Farm to Allstate, more yep. money, better position, more of what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of easy. Um, but really the genesis of it all was, um, Early on at that State Farm agency, I knew. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I knew, like, I'm like, thinking, usually you do too. I, I knew. I, and I'm like, I can do this, right? Right. right. <laughs> you know, and I, and I knew the guy I was working for. I met like probably 20 different guys that were doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, man, this is, I, I could totally do this, yeah. right? So the seed was planted early on. Mm-hmm. I knew it in my mind. Mm-hmm. So then it just became mapping how. So I got the new job, making more money, doing more sales. And kind of from that point on, it was 
how do I get to that point? And then what's the, the timing? What's the, how does it kind of work Timing's in relationship to everything? So yeah. um, I was with him for eight years. Uh, we were over in Huntington Valley. Um, and just in my mind, it was just plotting, plotting, plotting. And then really, it was just like, I have to do this now. Yep. There was urgency. Mm. Um, I just got married. And I said, you know what? If I wait on this, if I sit on this five years from now, yeah. I, I, I won't be able to do it. Yeah. yeah. Family, kids, yep. everything else locks you in. Yep. So for me, there was some immediacy where I knew I had to do it, do it now, pull the trigger and let the chips fall. Yeah. That, that, I mean, that's, that's the biggest thing, you know, and I know Tony and I both recognize that when we were starting this, you know, our company as well, it was like, yeah, we could, we could do this now or we can wait till we're 35, 40, mm-hmm. you know, but I, you know what? I'd rather make the fucking mistakes now right. and oh, get yeah. through it. Cause especially cause, if we don't involve those, yeah, you know, making a things. mistake with a client when you're 40 and you got a wife and multiple kids yeah. and different obligations versus yeah, making a mistake when you're 20 something or young 30 something, you know, like it's, it's drastic difference and mm-hmm. getting that experience, you know, it's, it's all about getting the experience, right? You know, we, we said like someone's going to sit at a firm for 10 years you know, you did it for eight, but you learned it. But, you know, we did it for maybe a few years and said, you know, hey, we're going to we do know, this. If we're going to do this. We're going to do, do it. Like, let's let's get to it. Yeah. That's, I, I mean, yeah. I feel like everyone has that turning point at some point. And kudos to you guys for like, you know, how much easier is it for most people to just go get a check? Oh, it's very easy. Yeah. Right? We're talking about how to get the checks through the door, right? <laughs> now it's like how to get the checks to pay, well, pay people checks. <laughs> it's, it's signing the front of the check versus the back of the check. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, you know, it's for you guys to do it at such an early age. Like how great is it to like work a nine to five and be done at five o'clock and be like, yeah. all right. Yeah, I mean, we're sitting it, here. It's pretty six fifteen. My, my yeah, my whole thing is that that's always a little unfulfilling to me, and and I was doing that, and I'm like, you know what? I want to find something that doesn't separate work from life. I want to just have my work, you yeah. know, and my work is my life. And I look around this office, and I look at my friends. You know, I look at Brian as a very very close friend to me, and we go through a lot of shit together. And this podcast included, yeah. you know, how we get through this every Tuesday night. Yeah. Uh, but the beauty of it all is that we're in control. You know, we, we can be flexible, yeah. you know. And if I need to stay up till four o'clock yeah. tonight to get shit done, I will. Exactly. You know, if I want to need to come in at nine so I get a five hour sleep, I will, right? Yep. It's, yep. And it's setting yourself up for success. And, you know, a lot of mentors, it's like, you got to hit every rung. It's like, how quick are you going to go? Mm. So back to you, enough about us. Mm. But like, all right, so, all right, it's insurance. This, you know, I don't want to, this isn't going to be a boring episode. Yeah. Everyone thinks insurance is like, oh God. Keep the, the insurance yeah. minimal. Yeah. No, but I, you know, I think it's important for people to understand, like, I, I'm just going to, you know, come out and say, you know, Sean is, handles our insurance for our company. And, you know, I, I think of him as the gatekeeper and it's important to have gatekeepers because whether you have one or multiple or combining it, it's, you know, for me, it's, peace of mind. You know, I go, Hey Sean, what's, mm-hmm. what are we exposed? What's the umbrella policy? What's it on this company, on that company? You know, it's, it's having and knowing that all your eggs are in multiple baskets, but covered by the Easter bunny, as I call Sean, you take care of all the eggs and make sure that everything's fine. Right. Like, you know, and that's, that's important to have. So I, I think maybe you talking a little bit about, you know, step one, like you're building a business. What do you need? You know, like I, like if, you know, pretend that you got someone who's just starting out a little, little LLC, one, two man shop, like, what do you recommend? And maybe, you know, get into 
what, what your, th- you know, well, what your uh, advice on that? what I kind of wanted to talk about, uh, cause I know this is kind of steered in the, you know, real estate development yep. And, yep. and that. So kind of wanted to touch upon just a couple things, um, really specific things that I think, um, just might be a benefit to mm. some listeners in terms of, you know, everyone has insurance. You buy, you know, a property or, mm-hmm. or anything, you're going to have insurance on it. So maybe some key things that you might want to look out for, um, you know, to benefit. So are you talking like if I'm buying a, if I'm buying a house to live in or I'm buying a house to renovate, you know, what kind of, um, I don't think, uh, homeowners as a primary homeowners, uh, the, I'm not talking about those. Um, I'm more specific about, um, you've got a, a building you're renovating mm-hmm. or you've got a commercial space uh, or something right. like that. So right. I'm going to role play with you. Let's role play. I'm building a house, right? Sean, yep. I got a vacant piece of land right now yep. and I bought the land. We're going to build, we're going to spend $250,000 building a new construction home. Yep. Protect me. Yeah. <laughs> what, 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 what's the first step? So liability, right? So you want to make sure you're covered in the event that someone gets injured on your property mm-hmm. for, for whatever reason and you get a knock on the door and there's a sheriff and he's got some paperwork for you and there's a lawsuit because they say you're responsible, you're negligent and, mm-hmm. and here's the, the lawsuit. So liability is number one you know, key important uh, feature that you have. Mm-hmm. And if you're buying the vacant lot, it'll be a standalone liability policy like there's nothing to insure there's no bricks there's no nothing um there to insure so you have the liability but you can't really prevent someone from stepping on your land right like yeah there's and at the end of the day you can put up the no trespassing signs Mm -hmm. and and all of that but you're still responsible yep yeah you know in the eyes of a jury or court yeah it's your land someone broke i mean i've heard stories robbers breaking the houses and suing the homeowners right like there's Crazy shit. That yeah, happens, I've right? seen that. I've, I saw one where a guy who was uh, he was a Domino's driver, and he was hit by someone. But the person hitting him saw that he had a uh, one of those pla- uh, the magnetic things in the top of the car and in, in his back seat wasn't working. Just saw that, and then and then and then then Domino's in a in a lawsuit. <laughs> you know, so I guess like they say, you can sue a ham sandwich or however that goes. <laughs> um, but some other things, um, you know, in terms of the coverage, in terms of the policies that you're buying, mm-hmm. um, this, the distinction between, you know, buying a policy, say you're rehabbing uh, a building, mm-hmm. you know, you can buy what's called an ACV policy or you can buy a replacement cost policy. Well, what's the difference? ACV, actual cash value, it's going to pay out on a depreciated amount. Okay. Meaning house is 100 years old you're buying it for X, they're going to depreciate that. Based on the time that since you've owned it or started renovating. Yep. So you're paying a great premium, but the coverage in terms of comparing that to a replacement cost policy, it's night and day. So that would be like replacement cost is like, listen, I bought this house for 500. I put $100,000 into it. This thing burns down. I'm getting a check for $600,000, hopefully. Well, the cost to replace it. Gotcha. Without minusing, without depreciating that number. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. As long as you bought it at fair market value and that you didn't overpay. Yep. Yep. Okay. And you know, you can see that on on here, you can see like depending on condition and age, you know that thing goes on a curve. Yeah. Pretty dramatic. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
just to kind of show you like when you're talking about coverages, you you might be buying a policy, but really, you know, what kind of, you know, it's, it's, it's important like, to be informed. That's always like, like right. you know, I like Sean, the amount of paperwork you've sent over to me in the 20, 30, 40 fucking pages that I'm looking at, I'm like, ah, I just hope this thing burnt down and covered, right? Like, <laughs> like you know, that, that's kind of thing. Like I, I'd rather pay the extra hundred dollars and know like you're good. Right. Like, and that goes back to your point as to like, you're the gatekeeper. Yeah. What do you, when you buy a policy, are you reading through the no, policy language? Or you, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 150, really 150 that makes me feel really good. <laughs> well, no, yeah, I mean that's the the reality is I don't care if you're trying to insure a, a moped, a little Vespa, or you're insuring a five million dollar home. Yeah, the guy insuring a five million dollar home, he's not looking at that policy. Yeah, he's he has a relationship mm-hmm. with a person that he's putting his trust into. Yep, that he knows that if something goes sideways, yeah, you can make a phone call. I mean that, that's the one that you know when I when I met you, John, I was like. You know, before I had shit scattered over here, I called up this company, mm-hmm. you know, got it from this company. Like, whether or not, like, I don't know. I'm not, I don't look at it, whether it's a pay more because I'm talking to Sean. But, like, I will say when there's a fucking problem, it's very easy to go, like, hey, Sean, uh, I got this issue. What do I do? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you having the relationships with those, like, you could, con- you know, call in the, you know, case number, find an out for us, like, being that one point of contact. You know, similar to how our business is, like, we're one point of contact for the whole real estate industry for you know building and designing your building right same thing with insurance like like i never knew you could have that type of service until really i met you right <laughs> and that was that's something that's i mean that's that's the way i look uh and that's the value proposition that i think i look at myself and my brokerage as mm-hmm. we are the advocate for our clients yep. i literally that's consider great. consider each and every client that i have like my flock i'm not your only client <laughs> no. <laughs> Maybe my biggest. Um, everyone is like my flock. Like I, I, there was a, a a woman who called the other day. There was a discrepancy on a billing, and it was a new account. And mm-hmm. we just set it up, and she called me, and I said, "You know what? This is uh, this is screwed up." And she goes, "Ah, don't worry about it. It'll catch up." And I said, "No, <laughs> you know." I'm on the phone yep. with the carrier. I call and I said, listen, there's a problem with this billing. Uh, I said, I want you to uh, credit them this payment. Mm. You guys eat it. <laughs> she goes, oh, we can't do that. I go, okay, fair enough. Let me talk to your rep- uh, supervisor. Yeah. Get on with the supervisor. And I blew, and I map it out. I said, this is what happened. The dates, lay it out. Okay, we're good. Went back to the client. The client didn't even have an expectation yeah. that it was going to be, to, you know, they're going to eat it because they're responsible. She right. just assume that it would just be rolled over and yeah you know all right whatever yeah but it's i take it upon myself that if you're a client with us you know Mm -hmm. it's it's that relationship and that's to me that's how you build the business yeah right yeah i started my business from scratch zero nothing right and the only way in my mind that i thought i was going to be able to grow at a rate that i wanted to grow was to do right by every single customer that I had, yep. and they were going to share their story yep. with their friends, family, colleagues, whoever. It's and the, it's the value. It's being able to provide more value than what you're charging for it. Yeah, <laughs> right? always give disproportionate value. A yeah. little bit more than you were going to receive, and it's going to pay off in the long term. Long term. Look where you are today. Yeah, <laughs> here, <Yeah>. right here. <laughs> sitting on this couch. Episode eight or nine of this podcast is what. Uh, <laughs> 
not sure, not sure which one will look. But that's really <laughs> awesome to hear. You know, uh, the advocate for your clients. You know, be, that's being your number one priority. You know, priority, no and that just creates clients for life. You know, we have that here at DB where we focus on making sure every client is happy at the end of the day. So and that it's they hard. Tell right? you, can't you can't please everyone. everyone. You can't I mean, please everybody. No, no way. No, no way. It's the hardest thing. I but mean, if, it, and it's like you know, the hardest thing I think is when a client's unhappy and you're like, dude, we're trying our hardest. Yeah. Like you know, like hey, we're working 12, 14 hour day, like. And sometimes you can't even some people you can't don't get, get it right. Yeah. And it's not that some people don't understand. It's like they have it. What I like to talk to Tony about always, we have this conversation pretty frequently. It's called reality versus actuality. Right. Right. It's like these people have their own reality in their head, how they believe it should work. Mm-hmm. And then, but the actuality of the situation is that LNI is delaying your project for a month and a half. The reality they think is <laughs> it's the architecture's fault. Right. It's the architect's fault. No, no, no. The actuality is that our city's fucked up and you know, there's a lot of things going on that, could be remedied if, you know, things were different. About yeah, out of our hands, right? It's out of our hands. Of our hands. Yeah. I mean, to me, what I've always said or coined or whatever is, is, is perception is reality, yeah. right? So the client's perception, yeah. it doesn't matter what you're saying. You know what I mean? You yeah. can say whatever. Oh, well, L and I this or yep. the city this or the sewer. They don't care because right. their reality is what they're perceiving it to be. Correct. And so, you know, you said it, you can't please everyone, but it, we actually, there's something, because I'm working on in the background and we'll have, we're going to, I'm actually going to be having Scott Marcarelli, our two uh, architects on this podcast. Um, but there's, you know, even today, Marcarelli and, and his team, they found a discrepancy between the Philadelphia licenses code and the streets department of Philadelphia. Hey guys, if anyone's listening from L and I, you should check out your, what you define as a bay fucking window. The streets <laughs> department defines it as anything above 24 inches off the fucking ground, but L and I defines it as anything above the first fucking floor. So Ooh. guess what happens when there's a bay window that's at 48 fucking inches? No one can make up their goddamn mind of what's right and what's fucking wrong. And that's holding up projects, costing people money, delaying our fucking payment 15 business days. Like, fuck you. Like, get your shit together. And it's a problem. Yeah. But why are you Why are you eating that why are we 15 eating days? Yeah. 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 As well, opposed to. Well, I don't know. I'll just fucking, I guess, find paper money. I'll, I'll start, <laughs> I'm going to start paying my staff a monopoly money, letting them pass go. Like, But it's just stupid shit like that, that, you know, the reality, oh, it's our fucking fault because we're supposed to interpret. And that's the other thing. The city interprets each code however which way. Yeah. But they, what they don't interpret, what happens if that place burns down? And that's if that's where Sean comes in. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Very true. I mean, uh, I talk about, I mean, I don't know if you know, the, I mean, obviously, you know, uh, the OCF reality case down in South Philly, like there was, I saw something in the news, like maybe there was an insurance, you know, hopefully the insurance covered it, but like, talk to me like an arson or like, how, how does yeah, that, how does that happen? what happens? Like, what happens? That something like that. Cause that's, that's everyone's fear, right? I'm building this. I'm spending hundreds of thousands of dollars and like, holy shit. Yeah. That's happens. And it happened a lot. again. It was just yeah, in the news it's, recently. It's again, it happened to Ori over there at OCF. And it's like, oh my God. Like, it's not even just that. It's all over the world. Oh, People yeah. get pissed off of yeah. new development. They'll, they'll do something stupid. How do we protect those developers who are just trying to better the community or yeah. better the neighborhood. Yeah, so it depends on what it is. If there's, if it's a builder's, if it's written on a builder's risk, you can build in, uh, I mean, obviously there's coverage for vandalism or yeah. whatever, but there's yeah. additional cost at time and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's uh, there's additional cost, uh, soft, it's co- soft cost coverage. Okay. So it's those additional things that your hard costs are your, your building your bricks, your yeah. drywall, your windows. Makes sense. You know, and then your soft costs are, you know, you might have to remarket this thing. You might yeah. lose money. Well, yeah, you know? my question would be who pays for the architectural fees to redo the drawings or to update and do a make safe? Is that a hard or a soft cost? Soft cost. That's okay. soft, yeah. So yeah. Like, how does how would that be covered? Yeah. Just build it in. I mean, okay. you know, I assume that there was those additional yeah. coverages 
added. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's something that you have. The one thing that scares me is the, um, I don't know if you saw it, but down in Florida, there was a, a hole that just swallowed up. Oh my up. God, I saw yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. There was, a, there was so, one in New York too. A kid got stuck on a crosswalk on a freaking sinkhole. I just yeah. saw that in the news today. Uh, yeah. And, and like, you know, that's... Yeah, how, how do you insure that, who, right? Who pays that bill? Yeah. So Sorry, it's, uh, you know, uh, on a standard homeowner's policy, mm-hmm. like, you know, and in Philly, they've had them because water sewer mains and yeah. then just opens up because the, then the just the, the ground just, you know. Side note on that, I actually had a, uh, a one of my Lyft drivers worked at the city stormwater and he was, he, he was, in, he was someone that was apparently in charge of remapping the city. He was saying there's the swaths of city that the, that the piping is actually wood is ridiculous like where it's i'm talking water running through wood pipes or wood channels underground like no i'm just way. like what the fuck he's like yeah he's like that's why I like like up in maniac they're redigging up all over like literally all these old pipes from like wood 18, wood <laughs> wood old wood pipes like think about that i'm just like jesus like i'm thinking like oh like oh my god wow but, yeah. yeah all right back back to insurance now <laughs> back but to yeah who, who would cover something you know like i mean that's Walking out on your sidewalk, you know? Yeah. I mean, so so there's exclusions, right? So like yeah. that earth movement, right? Mm-hmm. Excluded on your, you know, typical homeowner's policy. Yep. And um, you can buy it. I mean, it's optional coverage. But do you think to... Mm. People see that and they're like, nah, I don't need that. That's right. not going to happen to me. Yeah. I mean, okay. So Houston, right? Yeah. yeah. Jesus. And, I, got a, I got a buddy out there I met. He owns uh, over $20 million in single family real estate Jesus. in Houston. He's on His name's Jason. Shout out to Jason Bible, by the way, man. Hope all is well over there. But he is literally on Facebook. Like, dude, he's, I don't, I don't even, I haven't even talked to him yet and see what his ramifications So are, every day I get it, right? So my house isn't in a flood zone. Mm-hmm. My mortgage company doesn't require it. Hmm. I don't need it. Okay. What, what happens? Exclude it. So you're telling me these people who lost their possibly lost their homes that were out of a floodplain, they're, I'm telling you that half, and this is just a ballpark. I don't have any data to back this up. Half those people that are sustaining damage mm-hmm. because of flood are not covered. Wow, zero. That's and tough. that's where the the FEMA, like all these yeah. FEMA, comes in to help. Get in pay line, for shit, right? Get yep. in line. We'll get you processed. But yep. Wow. So, and my point to that is, well, everyone's in a flood zone, <laughs> you yeah, know, I mean. whether it's a 50 year flood zone, yeah. like 50 year, you know, one storm every 50 years, hundred years, they say this might've been like an 800 yeah, in yeah. terms of the way it's uh, pan, uh, plant panning out. Um, so everyone is, is, is susceptible. We're a flood plan here. There was uh, I mean, we're up on the yeah. third floor now, thank fucking God. But I mean, there was a flood here on in front of our building from the river. from Oh pool. Yeah. Like Jesus. That, I mean, that's that one. This one's quite often. This one's every five years. Yeah, we're There's, we're overdue, Tom. We're, <laughs> we're boats. Yeah, let's get Jesus. those boats inflated. So, get ready. You know th- those things, and you know we we try to educate, right? Yeah, and, and tell people, and um, you know, some you win, some you lose. Yeah, true. You know. Yeah, well, that's crazy. So the other thing, I, I think this is a good good point, maybe to shift the conversation. You know, it's always good to see, you know, our podcast guests, like, what kind of tech are you using, right? We're, yeah. We are in this new how era. Like, I know we've had some conversation in the past, but, like, 
how you market yourself, how you like, we had a client today asking us, you know, like that DB daily you're putting out, that video, the 45 seconds, like, is it working? And I, and my response, you know, you said it to Scott, but my response was like, you said something about it. I guess you remembered us. Right. Right. Like, it, yeah, it's working subconsciously though. Well, right? what's the, what's the saying? What's the return on investment? And then what's the return on investment and in not doing it? Yeah, exactly. I mean, Do you, correct. It's, you know what I mean? It's just yeah. getting it, you know, being consistent about it, like putting this podcast out every week or every other week. Mm-hmm. Like it's, you know, you have to keep consistency, but and I was having a conversation. I mean, you and I talked about um, advertising on ways. And, and my whole thing was that that's the digital billboard. Wait, wait, Sean, you're an insurance broker advertising on Waze, yeah. the, the GPS app. Tell wait. me more. <laughs> How does that work? How does that I'm work? Step into my office. <laughs> so talk, um, talk about that. Tell me about some result or what. what you- so my approach is spaghetti against the wall. Right, okay. yeah. Ooh, like you know, it's like, what do you have to lose? Like, I don't have kids yet. Do you have kids? I mean, <laughs> yeah, well, I, I've never had the spaghetti against the wall. So, yeah, you're not Italian. That's why. Yeah. Um, but see if it sticks, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. what are you into it? Like, what? So I, I try it for uh, fifty bucks and and get uh, thirty days worth of advertising, where every person that drives past my office is getting a ding on their ways. That my wow. office is there. That's awesome. I yeah. hope they're not texting and looking at their phone. Oh, yeah, that too. Hitting the guardrail and calling you, like, you know, like, yeah. oh, <laughs> why I'm here? Is that your fault? Ding, why I'm here? <laughs> That's not your fault, right? But, um, you know, I always said that this time right now for a business owner, someone like myself mm-hmm. that's small and nimble, there's so much opportunity, so many ways to touch so many different people. Mm-hmm. For such a small investment. Right. Yep. Such a low cost of entry. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I was on Facebook um, posting a job. Yeah. I was trying to hire. So I was trying to post through Facebook to hire someone. Yeah. And I got a lot of traction with that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So for me, it's try it. Like, what, yeah. what do you have to lose? And so... Yeah, I think I think it's more it's the fear of what people think are gonna like. Is it gonna work? Is it not gonna work? Or are people gonna look down on me for putting out a thirty second video every day? Yeah, people. Do they? Do they? Do people gonna care what my voice sounds like on this podcast? Yeah, and you know like, what? People are right. They yeah. will. But how many people? And and how many people more are gonna be like, oh man, that was pretty cool. They, <laughs> I learned something by listening to those guys yep. versus. Yeah, the guy that's jealous or the guy that's like, why is he? Uh, oh, he just likes to hear himself talk. You know, it's it's. There's so many technical, you know, there used to be only one way to watch TV. Now you can right. watch TV, you know, like I, when I think of that, I'm thinking like the people that were like huddling around their TV to watch the Apollo mission, you know, back in like- Or the radio the, speaker yeah, before yeah. TV. But now like TV's everywhere. TV's like in so many different forms. You got 13 year olds wanting to create. I, I literally, um, I talked in front of 88th graders a, a few weeks back and everyone was like, what do you think about becoming a YouTube celebrity? And Everybody. I'm just like, what the fuck? YouTube celebrity? <laughs> like, that's a thing? Like, a re- like, And I know it's a thing, but I'm like, these kids are like aspiring to have millions of people watching them on YouTube. And for me, like thinking a 13-year-old, like that's eventually going to be a 20-some-year-old buying a house. It's like, well, you might, sh- you should put out some fucking content on YouTube for that 10-year play when that kid's going to be buying a house and knows that you're a designer. <laughs> like, it's getting ahead of it, right? Yeah. You know it's coming. You yeah. know where, kind of where it's going. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, it's all about the attention. Like yeah. where, where, whether it's a YouTube, that might not even be around yeah. in five years. You know, Snapchat was like the, the thing. Came, yeah, and then, you know, then people thought it was going to go away because Facebook was going to buy it. And then they said, fuck you, Facebook. And that, you know, like, I think the one thing, you know, like watching what's happening with Snapchat, like people are, uh, 
you know, posting pictures of themselves that aren't themselves through <laughs> augmented reality filters. And you it's think incredible about tech. And it's incredible like, tech. And actually, Google this week, uh, I was chatting with Billy, who's our director of R&D. He said uh, Google put out this AR Core app, which is a, essentially a, you know, it's, it's an augmented reality system that you can script and code. But like Google seeing what's happening, like people, like, like, I, like even my girlfriend like sends me a Snapchat with a raccoon on her head at lunch. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, what the hell is going on? Filters and, and filters and things. But like, you know, you, you're using this Waze app. People are driving, getting a ding, whether they're looking at it then or they're sitting in traffic or they're looking at it later. You know, it's, it's, I love, it's, you know. it's really just the hook, right? Yeah. So like, maybe that's not like, you know, going to make someone call me or whatever, mm-hmm. but maybe that does make them look at my website or maybe right. this podcast drives someone over to your website. You know right. what I mean? And putting enough lines in the water, yep. eventually mm-hmm. that's paying dividends, yep. you know? And so that, and that's my approach is like Facebook and Instagram and, and I'm on Twitter and, you know, I don't have a lot of followers, but who knows what? I, uh, the great, great uh, example is, you know, the motto, it only takes one. Right. Right. It only takes we one. We were, uh, I was at a, I was at Jefferson University over the weekend on Saturday at a, it was called Envision Fest. It was it seen all the, you know, they invited us to come here, set up a booth. You know, we graduated from, well, Philly, which is now Jefferson. So we set up a booth and all the other booths, you know, entrepreneurs, you know, people just getting started. People had, you know, some people, you know, one kid was like, his uh, coffee drink was like, Peter Thiel, like he won the Thiel Foundation Award, got a hundred grand to drop out for a year and go build something. But like, you know, like I saw one of them, you know, someone came around, I was like, I, why are we here? It doesn't seem like our audience. And I was like, when I just know, like, you know, this, that's the easy thing to think, right? Like, oh, you can yeah. spend four hours here. Like, what the fuck? Who the fuck? And literally, I shit you not, within 30 minutes after that person said, what are you guys doing here? I don't really think this is your audience. An alumni, guy must be 70 years old, comes up and goes, oh, I work for uh, this real estate company. I've been following your guys' stuff. I was meaning to pop into your office. It's great to see you here supporting this event. I do commercial real estate and development. Yep. Um, here's my card. Give me your card. We're going to set up a time to get together either next week or the following. I was like, well, not Labor Day week. Let's do it the following week after that. But like, that's the thing. It's, we just, were being, there it's just being out there. On a fucking Saturday, on yeah. a gorgeous day when, yeah, I could have been out jet skiing i could have went down a shore i could have i could have went and sat on a hammock somewhere or endless things right but it was like i'm working on trying to build a business i'm doing something that's a little different Uh, yes trust me i did i want to go back to my alma mater i love supporting my alma mater but like there's a lot of other places i could have been that (laughs) saturday from one to five o'clock yeah and we made that connection and and you never know right you you know one well what do they they have the the justin bieber video right Uh, you know more about it than me yeah (laughs) (laughs) but he's like you know it's uh or or you see those people in the voice or 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 anything like where they just okay let me give it a whirl Uh, you're talking where he got where they saw him on youtube yeah yeah all right well i know about that one (laughs) one video one clip one whatever it only takes one Someone and, saw him and goes, now he's a, a bajillionaire. Right. And, but it's like you. You, yep. you have no idea who this commercial investor or real estate guy is, right? But, or, or who he knows. Or who he knows. Right. Yeah. And so thing. It's, it's about doing it enough times, enough different places, and you know, touching a lot of different things. Make sure you water them as you plant those seeds. Water yeah. them. Well, that's yeah, staying connected. You know, I'll tell you, you know, I've met. Probably thousands at this point. I would say, yeah. I, if I put, I, I like. I you don't even thing. take business cards anymore. I, have, well, I, well, I do. I, I have a thing. I like collecting them. Like, ah. Just like going through them. But like, I have thousands at this point. And it's like, the, how do you stay connected with everyone? But it's putting out content, right? It's like, 
getting them part of your network, bringing them in. Well, think about that yeah. now. So LinkedIn, right? So if you dumped every client, every card that you had mm-hmm. connected on LinkedIn, let's say it's a thousand. Yep. Now you're literally posting a video into LinkedIn. Yep. So that's an option right now. Yep. You can throw this up there. I mean, I know what Renee's doing tomorrow. Renee, if you're listening, but you know what I mean? So, so how do you monetize that pile of cards? Yep. You know, so, so then it becomes LinkedIn, you know, it's the, it's the transfer. It's, it's yep. taking a one minute meeting where you're exchanging information or cards or whatever. Right. Taking it onto the digital platform because that's how you do it, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yep. You know, you we can't contact it all digitally. You can't go meet a thousand people in a year or whatever. I mean, it's you know, and it's also trying to be authentic, right? Like we might send out an email that seems like it's only coming to you, but in reality, it's probably going to a thousand people. Mm-hmm. And that's but, the automation. I mean, yeah. that automation, and there's a lot of things you can do with it. Yes. That's the key. My- the, the biggest fear is like, you know, I think it's going to keep going for a while. You know, people are just still like, whoa, what's a rendering, right? And they've been around for 20 years, right? You still have to educate. You still have to educate. But like my fear is, you know, so many companies are getting into it now and realizing the, the, the power in automating certain things and making it try to feel authentic. But I feel like once the public wakes up a little bit and it goes, that doesn't seem like it's right. coming to me. I mean, I'm, st- I'm, st- I'm starting to unsubscribe. I'm starting to unsubscribe from a lot of emails lately, oh just because there's so many and they're all the, just uh, ridiculous. I, I click the uh, report and unsubscribe button on <laughs> Google mail, like at least 10 times. A day. But there's it's, but you're unsubscribing because you don't find value in it. Correct. But to me, I don't see the authenticity. That, the that, it's, That's the yeah, biggest thing. It's both. Remember, well, that, even like your Amazon example. Yeah. Like when you get, you know, it's your birthday. Yeah. It's still, I, you know, Amazon is a huge conglomerate, but yeah. they still make it feel a little personable, yeah. you know, Holy on that shit, level. I forgot that this week's my birthday week. <laughs> you know, like it was cool. And I won't unsubscribe. Because big companies will have to keep that authenticity if they want to live in this yeah. next next economy. But I think there's companies that aren't doing it right that are just like, check out all the cool things we're doing. Yeah. Like not being pride enough value and being authentic. Pull more. Yeah. yeah, and I think, you know, in my industry right now, in insurance, small agencies, what I've seen in terms of landscape, mm-hmm. smaller agencies, old-time agencies are getting gobbled up by these big, humongo conglomerates. Mm-hmm. And it's like, why? Well, they're old-timers that really don't see the ability to adapt. Yeah. And it's easier for them to cash out and, you know, sell it to some, you know, mega insurance agency and so for me i've always viewed that as opportunity yeah because i know that those mega you know jumbo agencies Mm -hmm. aren't do not have that connection nope exactly that they are touching their clients like when when someone calls in they might not get me initially but if they need to get me, that's bullshit. Every time I call, them, I get, <laughs> I get well, you've got like the bat phone. You got yeah. the number to the bat phone. It comes right to me. Exactly. That's that's. Um, but th- I think, and you know, people want that. Yeah, more than ever now, and especially because of all these years of feeling like you have that, and now all this—it's just very loud right now. There's lots of lots of. Push, 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 push my product. This is on sale, you know, Labor Day. I don't know how many Labor Day sales I got in my email today. I'm like, delete, delete, Prime delete, day. delete, delete, delete. Yeah. <laughs> Just waste time. It's so someone called, uh, we were talking the other day, and someone was like, well, how do you compete with these big agencies that, you know, have all the efficiencies because they have the staff and all of that? 
And I said to him, my response was, who's your cable provider? And he said, Comcast. I said, have you ever tried to call Comcast customer service department and try to explain something or get something resolved? Oh, God. And they just started breaking out laughing. I yeah. said, there it is. Yeah, that's right great. Right there. That's great. You know, because as these big companies absorb these little ones, mm -hmm. the customer service level goes down, goes way down. Yeah. So the winners in all of this, yep. like, like the winners who kind of are that next wave, yeah. are doubling down on the customer service. Mm -hmm. And really, to your point, was that one-on-one -on -one mm -hmm. and leveraging the technologies and the efficiencies so that you, you don't lose that. Yep, definitely. As yeah. you scale. Right. It's the it's the tricky thing when you're trying to scale. Yeah. It's you know, it's the first time in history, you know, you look at, you know, mom and pop shops, I only had to market to my local street, you put know, a sign main in street, on all the telephone poles. Right. And everyone came down to Main Street and that's where they bought everything. It was much easier. You know. Things are changing. We need to be marketing in Chicago, you know. Main Street Maniunk isn't going to fulfill our rendering <laughs> quota in order to sustain, you know, no. five people full time doing renderings, right? Main Street yeah. Maniunk will not fulfill that, huh. right? So we need to be so now using tech. We're in Chicago, we're in New Jersey, we're down in. Well, my Texas. favorite story with you guys was the one in California, uh, Palm yeah. Springs. Yeah, Palm Springs. Yeah. we're yeah. still in Palm Springs. Quite right, right, but like, do you know we got? You, you know we got that job. You know, Tell, yeah. I think we talked about it already on the podcast. But oh it was, yeah, wasn't it like a it was, Twitter? It was through Twitter. Twitter. It was yeah, through yeah, Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out to Josh Reef, Will Fuller. Hope yeah. you guys are selling your eight million dollar mansion, and killing it for <laughs> usual, man. Because that's because they are. They're killing it, and they're yeah. selling them nationwide. Could you have done that twenty years ago? No. Would, would that connect I ever have, have happened? Get lucky, been going down the road. Probably have to drive, be out there. Yeah. Say so, hey, purchasing some fifty thousand dollar watch. Get the plane ticket like, to yeah. get out there. Yeah. Spend a week out. You know, you know what I mean. And I'd have bumped into him at some jewelry shop. Maybe. Maybe. maybe, maybe. Otherwise, you can just go right at him at Twitter. Yeah. Hey, Josh. Hey, you Josh. can hit. You can hit fifty of those types of reaches. Right. In five minutes, it costs right. you nothing. Yeah. Yep. 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 And, and and like you said, it's offering the fifty-one forty-nine. Right. So you're you're offering more than you're expecting than or what asking you're for. Back. Yeah. Exactly. And that creates the re return clients, which is huge. Mm -hmm. That re that creates the ripple effect. You know, those clients are now telling all 10 of their friends about how amazing a job Sean did on this last policy. And that's how you grow. Yeah. That's, that's how we did it. So, And those are the stories. What I try to do is the, um, because it's, it's, I don't sell a jersey. I don't sell a couch. I don't mm -hmm. I'm selling an insurance policy, so it's hard to say, hey, I really love that sweatshirt I just bought, or, yeah. you know what I mean? It's an intangible, so. It's not very sexy, I'll right. say that. <laughs> yeah, so for me, it's all about social proof, right? Yeah. So, like, if you go check out my um, Google reviews, each one's like a little story, and it's so great to see, because it's like, I moved here from California, mm. and I was having the hardest time but then I met Sean mm -hmm. or, you know, um, I was online trying to get uh, uh, some insurance information and I, I was on there for an hour mm -hmm. and finally got a quote. But then I talked to Sean and within five minutes, he was able to get so, me something 30% less. Like, so let me ask you a question because I want to hear from you because 
this is something I've struggled with as we've scaled. And you're, you know, you got a couple people working for you. Yeah. Now. You're one man shop and you have someone. Uh, full-time service uh, person and then a part-time that does some other stuff. Great. And that's, and I remember when we were at that point too. Yeah. Talk to me what, you know, obviously, you know, we talk about tech automation, but, and you said this, you're like, Sean, I want to talk to Sean. I had, I've had issues handing off to the next person, right? Like, how do I keep that are, you know, if I, if you ask me who our top 10 clients are, I know, I know them by first yep. name. I for sure. probably know what car We've they been, drive and I know exactly where they yeah. live, right? But how do you keep clients 20 through 30 happy when they were used to interfacing with Sean? And now it's time that you're growing and you only have so much bandwidth with family, with bullshit, with having to run payroll, having to fucking keep making sure the ship's, you know, moving forward. How do you make, keep up with them? So I think it's... Number one, without a doubt, if that Jim Smith client top 15, top 20 calls in for anything, and I'm not getting the phone, I know he's on the phone, and I am literally doing a follow-up email. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, I know you called in. Everything okay? Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and it's, no, it's not like time that I'm doing on the phone with him. It's not time that I'm working on whatever he needs. Mm-hmm. But there's still that connect yeah. that took me only a minute, and he knows that that I'm still kind of uh, working with him. Exactly. And, and, and if anything, you'll have if something does happen, you'll jump right in because you know exactly where he's at. No question, right? And and knowing the client, and I, I think that gets lost too. Like, have you ever called somewhere and? You have to call back in a week and you talk to someone else and they have no idea what you, those two hours previous that someone else, and you're like, oh my gosh, like for me, for those types of clients, like I know what's going on. I might not be, have my thumb on it, like Mm -hmm. during whatever was going on, Mm -hmm. but I know Jim Smith and, and I know his story and I know that if I pull his account up and I'm looking, I can scan and I... I kind of get a good sense and then fire off that email. Hey, just want to make sure everything's okay. I love that. If you need something, yeah. call me. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And so that's just building an efficiency. Mm-hmm. So it didn't take me real long, but he knows I'm not like yeah. off in the clouds yeah. with no sort of knowledge of what's happening down. Yeah. down. Yeah. And so it's, it's finding those efficiencies to, you know, reach out and make sure that things are still going smooth. Yeah. yeah. Routines, you know, too, you know, that's probably a routine for you now. You know, yeah. you're just used to checking in with people once a week. Yeah. Once and before a month. it was like, I was doing everything right yeah. for the first couple of years. Mm-hmm. So it was like, you know, I'm processing and doing all of that. And like you had said, now it's handing off. Now I want those two to kind of get their feet wet. Right. Yeah. And be processing. You know, my hope is in the next year, hire another junior salesperson to come in mm-hmm. and, and take some of that, um, easier stuff, easier set, you know, kind of get him or sh- him or her going and, you know, find their way to help them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I won't be running point on all of their stuff, but I'll still be, you know, yep. have a hand in it to a certain extent. Awesome. What's been your favorite story thus far in your career or one that you really remember? You know, a certain client or a certain instance. Maybe it, can't, it can't be me. Maybe it was before your own practice, you know, when you were still at uh, Allstate. There was, there was a claim that kind of sticks out always in my mind. And it was, oh, was, it, was it Sandy? 
I think it was Sandy, and it was over in um, Hurricane Sandy. Yeah, no, not Sandy. You're and we didn't get hit hard in Pennsylvania. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, not quite. Um, we didn't get hard, but we did. We we sustained some, yeah. some pretty significant rain and damage mm-hmm. and all that. And I'll never forget it. It was it was a woman from Tennessee that was a newer client to our agency, and I had uh, I had signed her up, and it was within the first year when we uh, she came on board, and. Um, Sandy came through, and if you remember, it wasn't Sandy. It was actually the week after where right. we got that double hit, yep, yeah. yep. and the ground was saturated. No, the water had nowhere to go. Right, right. Heavy winds and all that, and so she lived in a part of Abington, um, which is not far from here. But um, tree just d- demolished her house. Really, tree of life came down. Huh? Yeah, Jesus. I mean, it was one of those big hundred-year-old yeah. oaks. And the roof and the, the the whole back of the house was just completely demolished. She literally called, I guess it was a Saturday or Sunday, left a voicemail. I picked up the voicemail first thing Monday morning. It's like 8.30. I'm at her house by like 9.10, right? And it's like a war zone. Right. There's Pico. There's the fire uh, company, police. I mean, you name it. It was there, and it looked like it was just bad. It was yeah. tape and yeah. cones and like everything. And her house was just like Shut bad. Up. Yeah. So um, I pick up the voicemail, and I'm like, "All right, I gotta go. I gotta go. Lend a hand. Go there." And uh, I just kind of like I don't know what it was, but it, I just kind of like took the point in because she was new. She didn't. Yeah. She was from Tennessee. She didn't. You know, what does she do? Where does she go? Where does she yeah. turn? Yeah. So literally I'm there and I'm walking like from my car to the back of the house where it occurred. And so she's walking towards me because she sees me and the policeman's walking here like next to her. And uh, she's like, or the, the cop's like, well, who's this? And she's like, oh, that's my insurance agent. And he's like, what? <laughs> what are you doing, what are you doing here? here? And literally from that point on, like I literally. This is when you were with Allstate? Yeah. Allstate always yeah. with you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then literally like, she's like, oh my God, I need a roof and I need, uh, and I was like, listen, you know, I, I set up the claim. I made, I was on like supervisor. I was trying to, you know, just run everything to kind of. You got you to push it through. Yeah. yeah and, 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 and find drive. a way yeah. to kind of just push it, keep pushing until like everything mm-hmm. was taken care of. Yep. That's great. And, and it was a lot of work. And, you know, we've got a field adjuster there that some flunky that like didn't know anything. Um, but I was like, listen, like was literally on my cell phone. Like I was like, here, here's a roof. I know he can come out tomorrow. Uh, here's a here's a mason because her whole home, yeah, home was like. And here's a window guy, and you know. And so I was like literally holding her hand through the entire process, just because the it was the level of devastation on that house and and her situation. You know, I just needed to kind of give it. Yeah, one hundred and ten percent. Yeah, so that's one claim that it kind worked of, out good though. She got a cover. She was everything right awesome. I mean, this everything soup to nuts was like. I, I've heard a lot of people say there's never someone that hasn't made out on an insurance claim. I don't well, know if that's true or not, but unless your house sinks or you fall through the sink, yeah. Um, but there's a, there's always headaches, and yeah. you know what I mean. It, it, but to see, but to hear you wake up, go to work eight thirty, 
get a voicemail, stop everything for the rest of the day. Yeah. Just drop everything. Like, look, I got to help this lady. Yep. And and that having that sort of urgency in a, in any sort of company is that's about you. I mean, that's character. It's right also, there. And, and I want to segue into, you know, we're going to wrap up here, but you know, that just says it's pure passion. Yeah. What you actually like doing. Yeah. And that kind of leads me into the question that I ask everyone at the end is like, Sean, I'm starting a business. I want to, I want to start my own insurance company or I want to start something relating to what you're doing. What's, what's the one thing that like, you know, you would tell me like that you've learned in your short time, you know, over whether over the last 15 years here, building your business and working at other insurance brokers, like what's the one thing? So for me, have you ever heard, do you know Eric Thomas? Do you know Eric Thomas? He's like a motivational speaker. Uh, Yes, actually, I do know him. So he tells the story, right, of the guy who's a young kid and he he goes to the mentor or the guru and he says, you know, I want to be successful like you. And they meet at the beach at 4 a.m. and uh, he holds his head underwater, right? (laughs) And it's a weird story, but he gets out and he's like, that whole time where I'm holding your head underwater, what are you thinking about? No, I just, all I wanted was air, right? And he goes, if you can take that and your desire for air Mm -hmm. in that situation, if you can have that same desire to succeed and work hard, everything else, that's how you win. Yeah. Well, Sean, you got the award to date on the one thing. That's my favorite one to date. So, so for me, it's always been work, right? Yeah. I've never been the smartest. I've never been the best salesperson for me. It's, I'm going to outwork everybody. There you go. Oh, yeah. And if you just put in the time, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, that's the, the bare minimum, right? Like, so for me, I'll, I'll work. You guys know yeah. 60 hours, 80, whatever it takes mm-hmm. to succeed. That's me. Yeah. yeah. There you go. I love it. I so. absolutely love it. I, I, Number one, thank you for coming in tonight. No, thank I, you. I didn't know insurance degree so fun. <laughs> I was like, this is, oh man. We're I'm going to be falling asleep insurance. here in the corner. Oh, this is going to be so weird. boring. Damn, insurance, uh, that Geico or Do Geico I have water. to do this? <laughs> What's the fee for today? Well, Sean, talk, where, where can people find you? Uh, so, uh, mooneybrokers.com is the website. Instagram, at Mooney Insurance. Twitter, at Mooney Insurance. Facebook, um, Call me, Great. text me. Hell yeah. Okay. So we'll do it all. Sean, man, we'll make sure you include that in the show. Notes. Well, uh, Sean, thank you so much. And uh, just the last thing, thanks for bringing beer. Yeah. <laughs> the first podcast <laughs> beer. You can't see us, but. Well, now I set the ball, right? So <laughs> yeah. the next person in has to bring. Yeah. <laughs> Minimum Goose Island 312 or above. <laughs> or above. <laughs> well, thank you guys. It was, uh, it was awesome being here. I love the time. Yep. And uh, really appreciate it. Yep. Awesome. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to our podcast. We really hope you enjoyed it. Um, If you wouldn't mind sharing this with someone, it would mean the world to us. You can reach out to us at thenewhowpodcast.com. Thank you so much for listening. And we really hope you got a lot of value out of this episode that you're going to put towards your business and real estate endeavors.